going to be talking about, we're going to continuing in the series, the mind of the spirit. The mind of the spirit. And um, it's, a, it's a journey, really, that we're going to take together here, exploring this, the mind of the spirit. And specifically, we're focusing on mental health. Jesus has the power to heal our spirit, soul, and body. He has the power to heal us completely, holistically. Jesus can miraculously heal us instantly, but oftentimes, but oftentimes, it is a process. I've found in my life that Jesus uses other people in the journey of our healing. He uses other people. He uses doctors. He uses nurses. He uses therapists. He uses pastors. He uses other trusted leaders, trusted friends. Jesus uses people. And, not, and by I mean use, I don't mean in a negative sense, in a good way. Moved by the Spirit. Sometimes they're aware that God is using them. Sometimes they're not. But God uses other people. Now, often our culture likes to split things up. But the truth is that each one of us is a complete person, and we're made up of three interconnected components, spirit, soul, and body. This is the way that God made us. Notice I said interconnected. Because what affects one part of ourselves has an effect on other parts. In other words, when our emotions are affected, the rest of us, our physical and spiritual parts, are also affected or can also be affected. Now, I want to tell you, I am not a, a therapist. I'm not a mental health professional. I do have, a, I am a licensed social worker. I do have a license as a social worker, and I'm an ordained minister, but I'm not a therapist. And I've worked many, many years with, tra with kids that have been traumatized in, in my job, in my secular job. So, just that I just want to that's a dis disclosure so so I'm gonna I'm going to I'm gonna approach this from a different perspective I'm gonna approach this from what I've experienced and I'm gonna approach this from a pastoral perspective biblical perspective you know Psalm 139:14 says thank you for making me so wonderfully complex your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. The human being has been made by God, it says here, wonderfully complex. Things that we go through in life have an effect on us. And, and many times it's not one size fits all solution. Because as it says here, it's, it, we are made wonderfully complex. God made us this way. 
in a beautiful way. He says, your workmanship is marvelous. How well we know it. I mean, I got up today. I woke up today. I, I'm not even aware of this. It just happens. I'm breathing. Things are happening inside my body right now that I'm not even aware of to keep me moving, to keep me functioning. We're made incredibly to so much detail that God put into the human being. Wonderfully complex. So I want to, I say all this as a, as a context to what I'm going to say next. I'm going to talk a little bit about myself. And when I talk about myself here, it's not because I want to, when you hear this, I don't want you to think, well, poor me or something like that. I'm not, I'm not saying this so that you feel sorry for me or anything like that. I want you to, to understand something here. How the mind works and how certain patterns get established in our lives. Okay. And so when you, when you hear this, I don't want you to think, well, you know, just poor, you know, poor me or whatever. But think about it in the context of maybe your life or other people's lives that you know. I mean, think about it, even horrendously speaking here, what that young man that killed all those kids, something happened in that mind to, the, to, to an extreme dark extent. But there were things that were established there in patterns and ways that happened there that those thoughts and that, that occurred that, you know, that didn't just happen in a vacuum what he did. All right. So let me, let me share a little bit of uh, my story as I was growing up. And I hope you'll see some, men some of mental patterns, how they get established in our minds in an early age, and how that can affect us adversely. I want to say that these patterns don't define us. They don't define our identity. Our identity is found in Christ. So if they have shaped us, they've affected us, they've traumatized us, but they have not defined who we are at the core because Jesus is with us in this healing journey. He's the one that's making all things new. He's the one that's bringing healing into our lives. Growing up, my parents and I, as I've mentioned this before, my parents and I are immigrants to this country. And um, they taught me, growing up, strong values. Strong values, which I appreciate. I want to say this at the, at the start, I appreciate. Th these values have served me well throughout my life. I believe that everything they taught me was out of their love for me. But they were missing something. They were missing a life-changing, transformative, healing relationship with Jesus. 
You see, the family that I grew up in consisted of my brother, mother, father, and myself. My brother and I were taught from an early age that the only thing that mattered was the best. That's the only thing that mattered, the best. Best in school and best in work. I told you they, they established strong values. And I remember my father saying that we, we needed to be the best. And this is what he would say. So the Americanos would not look down on us. I remember him saying that those that had money had power. And this is the way he thought. And so we needed to study hard so that we could go to college, make a lot of money, and have a lot of power. That was instilled in my brother and I at an early age. See, in Cuba, my father left it all. He had a trucking business that he left. My mother was studying to be an architect. She left that behind as well. They left it all, and they came to the USA to work in factories. They sacrificed their time and money so that my brother and I could have an education. And they instilled those values in my brother and I, which I, I said, they were strong values. My father believed that through hard work and human effort, listen, my father believed that through hard work and human effort, one could do anything, and that we did not need God. He often would say that God did not exist and that the Bible was made up by clever people. He expected us to be the best. And he compared us to other immigrants, even some we knew whose children were getting excellent grades and graduated or going to Ivy League schools or going to study law or some other... Or some other um, field that in their minds made a lot of money because like I told you money meant power and power and money was what they were focused on but what happened to me as a child youth and young adult in this context, when my best was not good enough. What happened when I could not meet the high standards set up for me? What happened in my mind? And this I'm talking about me now. And, and again, when I, when I speak about this, think about it in the sense of patterns established in your mind. What happened in my mind is that I started to feel that I was never good enough. I started to feel that others were always better than me. I started to compare myself with others instead of being relaxed and confident in who God made me to be. I started to feel anxious and withdrawn around others because I wanted them to accept me. I was afraid that they would reject me, like when my parents rejected me when I didn't or couldn't meet their standards. 
I started to be motivated not out of love for others. I, you know, I started to be motivated not out of love for others, but out of wanting to please others. And there's a difference there. Not out of love, but out of wanting to please others, thinking that was the only way they would accept me. I became paranoid, insecure. Wondering if my actions, my work, my attitude was enough. It brought bitterness into my life. I would become easily upset when I perceived, mistakenly perceived, that others were accepted and liked by their peers, but I wasn't. Mistakenly perceived in my mind. These thoughts led to emotions. And I want to say at the start, emotions are not bad. God gave us emotions, okay? Emotions it's, in, in itself is not a bad thing. When I say emotions, they're not bad. They, they're signposts. They, 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 they're telling us something. They're telling us something that's happening in us. But they led to emotions like, Fear, anger, anxiety, feeling insignificant, and other types of emotions. And this is, the, this is the, what, what happens many times, and, and this is what's bad. Not the emotion itself, but these emotions led to destructive behaviors as a young adult. In other words, the emotions can take you down a path. Starts with the thought, starts with your thinking, starts with those patterns. Then, of course, you have the emotions. They, take you, they can take you into a destructive path. These thoughts that I mentioned formed patterns of thinking in my mind that were destructive. And I would, I would say that they're like, you know, when you... I did this when I was a kid, you know, I would like take my car out in the mud and then, and then the tires would leave what? They would leave like tracks, right? And those tracks were there in the mud. You could you go there and you could see the tracks in the mud. Or when you're walking down a path in the woods, going hiking or something like that, and, and you, there's a path and it's in the woods. And you see that there's a path there. How did that path get there? Because many, many people walked through that very same place over and over and over again. And you see that there's a path there. So um, these thoughts, they formed, they, what they, they, they are like tracks or pathways in the mind that developed over time. And that took me or directed me in a way that I in, in, in the way I perceived myself and how I perceived how others thought of me. These, these clusters of emotions that I had, you know, when I was mad, I felt that everything and everyone was unfair. And I wanted to lash out in some way. I felt shame mixed with anger and disappointment. When I was sad, I felt hopeless. I regretted my life. I wanted to hide away. I was disappointed with myself, and I felt emotional pain. When I was afraid, 
I felt vulnerable, helpless, and I wanted to escape, run away from my responsibilities. I felt panicked and anxious. Patterns. Again, I want to say, you know, emotions, thoughts, feelings, in and of themselves, they're not bad. They indicate that you're, that you're human. If you said to me, I have no emotions, I would say, okay, there's something not right here. Right? They indicate you're human. God gave us, made us, built us this way. The point is, the point is what's happening inside of us Right? They're, they're trying to tell us something. What is happening inside? And they ultimately point us, I believe they can point us towards the loving hands of Jesus. Towards the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And the work that he is doing in us. The healing work that he does in our minds, in our, in our bodies. Now, the Apostle Paul understood this completely. And if you look at, at Romans, let's go to Romans. We're going to go to Romans 7, 18 to 24. In your smart devices or Bible or on the screen here. So the Apostle Paul understood this completely. The first thing I want to say is that the healing, the healing journey, this is the first point, the healing journey starts in realizing and accepting that we need help. And so for a long time, I, I thought, you know, I don't need any help. I don't need any help. The healing journey starts in realizing and accepting that we need, or that I need, or that we need help. Romans 7, 18, 24. Let's read, I'm going to read that real quick. It says, and I know, and this is Paul, and I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that's at war with my mind. And this power makes me a slave to the sin that's still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? 
The healing journey starts in realizing and accepting that we need help. You see, Paul realized this. There's something, there's something happening here. There's something in me that's not right. I need help. He says, my old patterns of thinking and behaving, my old patterns, my sinful nature, those are the old patterns of thinking and behaving. Before we gave our life to the Lord, and even after, those old patterns are still there in our minds. That old way of thinking, like the ones that I, that, that I have, my old patterns of thinking and behaving, is, it's, not, it's not a good thing for me. It's leading me in a, in a bad direction. It's leading me in a destructive direction. It keeps me in a cycle. It keeps us in a cycle of destructive behavior. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I, I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Verse 23 is talking about the human power of wanting to do what is good is in us, but there is another power. There is another power within me that is at war with my mind. The old pattern of thinking and behaving, which is called the sinful nature. That's the other pattern. Now, that's the other, that's the other thing that, that he's talking about. Verse 24, Paul feels defeated and he feels miserable. He says he wants to escape this in endless cycle that he finds himself in. And so in verse 24, he says, oh, what a miserable person I am. I am a miserable person. I'm trying to get off of this treadmill. I'm on this treadmill. I, 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 I'm doing what I don't want to do. There's something in me that's, that's driving me, that's causing me to do these things. And I want to get off of this. And so he realizes, one of the things that he realizes, and this is the first step really, to, is that in order for me to get off of this thing, I need help. I realize and accept that I need help. In my own life, I had to realize and accept that I needed help. And I got that help from the Lord. Thank you. And I got that help also from other people that I reached out to, and they helped me. You see, what I'm saying is we have to realize, listen, I need help. I'm in this pattern. I'm in this, this, this pattern. I don't really want to do this stuff, but I need help to get out. Psalms 121, 1 to 2, Psalm 121, 1 to 2 says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. <clears throat> you see, 
the first person that we need to run to, the first person that we need to run to above all else is Jesus. My help comes from the Lord. To this day, my family, some of my family, they're still caught up in this, these patterns. They don't know the Lord. They don't have a healing relationship with the Lord. And let me tell you, that makes the difference. You can have all kinds of other helps, but that relationship with the Lord is essential. It is the bedrock. It is the core. And in my early life, I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. But later I did. I came to know him. So my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Paul realizes this. I'm on this, these patterns in my mind, this quote-unquote sinful nature, and I, I, I'm trying to get off this, this, this way of thinking. I'm doing what I don't want to do. I need help from the Lord. Healing journey starts in realizing and accepting that we need help. The healing journey, number two, is second point. The healing journey is initiated by receiving Jesus' healing power for our lives. Initiating is initiated by receiving Jesus' healing power for our lives. You know, you have, to, and you have to receive it. You have to believe it. God can help me. God has the power to change the way that I think. Because if you don't believe it, you're not going to receive it. You're not, it's not going to be part of you. You have to believe. God has the power. He has the ability. It's not beyond his power. It's not beyond his ability to change the way I, these patterns that, I've hold, that, that, that are holding me bound. And again, that's not to minimize or to say that God, and I said this before, God uses people. So God might lead you to a therapist, might lead you to, to a, a pastor or somebody else in your life that you can trust that will help you in that journey. But we have to believe that God has the power to heal, to heal us, the healing power. Not only physically and spiritually, but also in the emotional part of us. Emotionally. In, in the part of our soul. Romans 7, 25-8-2 says this. This is Paul again. He says... Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. So there he says it. Thank God. So you see how it is in my mind? I really want to obey God's, God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power 
of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You see, the, the, the following the old patterns, following the old patterns leads us to destructive habits that are harmful for us. That's why God, the Lord, wants to help. He wants to intervene. He wants us to, be, to receive the, the help that he wants to give us because, you see, he knows that these things can lead us to destructive patterns in our lives. And if we, if we follow those old patterns, they're going to be harmful for us. And if they're harmful for us, they're going to be harmful to those around us. They're going to be harmful to our family. They're going to be uh, harmful to our extended family. They're going to be harmful to the places where we, we go because it has a boomerang effect. It has a, 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 an effect on not only myself, but on others. God sent Jesus and the Holy Spirit into our lives to give us so that his healing power, to give us his healing power over these destructive patterns. You see, if I try to fight this with only my human power, with only my strength, with only my ability, I'm not going to get anywhere. Because I was doing that, folks. I tried that road. And I never, I, I, got, I got a little victory, you know, for a little bit. But then, boom, right back to the same thing. The old patterns come back. I would go back to that. With the thinking, the old, all that thinking that I, that I talked to you about earlier on would all come back to me. Because it, it, it can be triggered. It can be triggered by what someone says. It can be triggered by a smell. It can be triggered by something I see. And so it takes the power of God working in us to break that. So it's not human power. It's God's power in us that renews the way we think and establishes new healthy patterns for us to walk in and experience New healthy patterns. The word of God is a light unto my feet. The word of God, when, when we read this word, it's, it has power to change the way we think, the way we perceive things. The Holy Spirit comes along and never says anything that's contradictory to the Word of God or to Jesus. So he's, he's our help. He's our guide. He's our helper. He's our advocate. The power. It's not human power. It's God's power. Helping us to establish new healthy patterns for us to walk in. Now, the third point the healing journey continues in partnership with the Holy Spirit. I'm still on a healing journey. There's still areas of me that the Lord is still working on. 
You see, those old patterns were ingrained over a long period of time in my mind. And God is still, and the God and is still working on me, still encouraging me, still giving me the strength and the endurance and, and, and the power to overcome these patterns. What I want to say is it's not always, and I said this before, it's not always like this, boom. And it's and you know, it's that's it. No, it's a process. It takes time. It's a journey. That's why I call that's why I keep on saying the healing journey. Because it's a journey. It's a process. Healing journey continues in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 5 and 6. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. It's a lifelong journey. It's a process of healing as we willingly develop a loving, relational partnership with Jesus and the Holy Spirit throughout life. It's a journey worth taking because it leads to life and peace. In other words, it brings health. It brings health. Health. Things that are healthy grow. Things that are healthy develop and grow. It brings health into, into yourself, into myself, body, mind, and spirit. The other way without the Lord would bring destruction, would bring death. Decay. But this, is the, this way brings life. The life of God, the power of God in us brings health. Colossians 3, 2, 3 says, Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. What are you thinking about? Think about the things of heaven. The things of heaven, heavenly things. Not the things of earth. Philippians 4.8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts. Now he's saying, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. When we start thinking about these things and we start thinking, 
read the word of God and that word, we, we begin to memorize some and we begin to think about what the word of God is saying. It, start, it begins to establish new pathways, begins to establish new tracks in our mind, which begin to develop new ways of thinking, new patterns, correct ways of thinking that bring life into our, into our lives rather than death and destruction. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't copy the behaviors, customs, but let God transform you. And you, know, you notice that word, let. Let God transform you into a new person. Let God receive the guidance from the Holy Spirit. Receive what the Word of God is saying. In other words, believe and receive it, and it will begin to transform. Let. We can resist the Holy Spirit. We can resist what the Word of God is saying. We, our pride can say, no, I don't need you, Lord. I can do this on my own. I did it. But do we believe that God has the power to change the way we think or patterns? Yes, he does. I want to say a few things before I close today. And this thing is like, was burning up inside of my trousers here. <laughs> Phone. Um, in conclusion, I want to say a few things that have helped me in this journey of healing. You know, first of all, paramount, of course, is the Lord. I already mentioned that, you know, that's the bedrock. That's, you know, the Lord is, has helped me. But also, of course, seeking the help of others has helped me too. Not just anybody. Not just anybody. People that we can trust or professional people um, that, we, that we can trust. So seeking the help of others is important. Sometimes we isolate ourselves. We isolate ourselves because we don't want people to know, man, if I let them know, I'm going to look weak. I'm going to look like I have a problem. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like... I'm going to look like I'm, I'm a weak person. No, don't think that way because, you know, God want, because, because it's God's power that's going to help you. But sometimes we need other people to come alongside of us. Sometimes we can't travel this journey. Most, a lot of times, most of the time, we can't travel this journey by ourselves. But we want to sometimes. We're like, uh-uh, I'm not going to let anybody know I'm struggling or I have this, this issue. So seeking the help of others, and that can be 
professional help, friendship, mentors. Another things that have helped me is time is 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 reflection. Reflection, thinking about things, but not in a because reflection can be like, you know, you hit yourself over the head, you know, I'm such a bad person, that kind of thing. No. Guided by the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about reflection of, you know, Lord, you know, I really went back to this old way of thinking today. I did something and that thing triggered me reflection. Oh, look, I'm getting upset right now. I'm aware. Be aware of when you're getting upset or when you're getting sad and be aware of that. Begin to be aware of that and reflect upon that before that moves you into a certain action or pattern. Oh, I, and then talk to God. Reflection. Rest. Yeah, rest, because, you know, we're in a society, we're in a culture that's work, 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 work. I mean, we're 24, 7, 48 hours a week, you know, or more. What I'm trying to say is that we're just, we, we have this idea that, you know, well, you know, that's, what, that's what's awarded, that's what's given, you know, I'm going to get that award, I'm going to get that thing. Again, it could be out of, I want to be accepted too, it could be out of that whole mentality. But what I'm trying to say is that that's what the culture out there, that's what the world out there perpetuates. Listen, I, I grew up with a tremendous work ethic. My dad, he never missed a day of work. He had a cold. He went to, he, you know, there were people that uh, in, in the factory floor got a cold. They would, they would stay home. My dad, he would go to work. Work, work, work. So I know what that whole thing is. And there's a value to, have it to, to hard work. And I'm not saying don't work hard. What I'm saying is have times of rest. Okay? Because that's important. We need to be able to rest. I've, I've in my own life, when I've been overworked, my mind doesn't think as clearly, and sometimes I move into those old patterns. Rest. Seek the Lord. Seek the help of others if you need to. Rest, reflect. Be guided by the Holy Spirit. Guided by the Holy Spirit. Along this healing journey. And remember, remember, as we're going to close now, remember that the healing journey starts in realizing and accepting that we need help. We need to, you know, I need help. I need help, Lord. Need your help. Paul realized that. I need your help. It is initiated by receiving Jesus' healing power for us. Believing, receiving and believing. I believe, Jesus, you have the ability. You have the power. I can't do this in my own strength. I've tried. I've tried to change in my own strength. I need your power, your healing power. Third, the healing journey continues. 
It's not a one time, that's it. Although I do believe God can do miracles, so he could do that. But most of the time, it's a process. And the healing journey continues in a partnership with the Holy Spirit. The whole, so it's a lifelong partnership. It's a lifelong partnership guided by the Holy Spirit that we need to engage in, be a part of. But the first step is reaching out to God, reaching out to Jesus and saying, just in your own words, in your own way, Lord, I need help. I need help. And do you know that you could also pray for others? You can also intercede for others. Maybe there are others that you see. I mean, I know that people, <laughs> when I was in those patterns, people would say to me, you know, there's something, you're, this, this way of thinking isn't right. There's something not right in the way that you're thinking. And they would try to help me out. But I was like blinded to that. I was like very, I had a lot of pride. And so, Join me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, because you're the God that you're the God that loves us, that cares for us. You, you made us in a wonderfully complex way, Lord. You, we are your workmanship. We're your poema. And God, I just pray, Father God, those old patterns, those old things, Lord, help us if we haven't already. And encourage us today to take that step, that step of saying, yes, Lord, I need your help. I need your help, Lord. I believe and I receive, Lord, that you are the one that can help me break these patterns in my life, because I've tried to do it in my own. I take that step of faith, and I believe it. Lord, bring people around me. If, I, if this is what you want, if this is what I need, Lord, bring people around me or help me to reach out to people that will help me, that care for me, that love me, Before we close today, reflect upon that in your own life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen.